You have reached Pod Level Midnight, a conversation show about sports, entertainment, and whatever else we find along the way. I'm your host, Josiah Duree. Let's go. Okay, so Kirsten is here to make her podcast debut <laughs> and share her first movie re- movie review. So we watched Black Widow over the weekend, and about 10 minutes into the movie, Kirsten says, this is already the best Marvel movie ever, which I don't necessarily agree. But as the movie finished and after we're done seeing it, do you still feel that way? So I want to make a disclaimer that I am not <laughs> fully qualified to say what my favorite Marvel movie is because I have not actually seen them all. You've seen a lot lately, though. I have seen a lot, a lot lately. More, yeah. We've been going back and we've been re-watching them in chronological order. Um, and during that time, I realized I actually never saw Iron Man 1 or 2 or <laughs> most of 3. There's and been I, a lot. I thought I had seen missed. them all and I had not seen any of those. Um, and I have not seen, I forget which one, at least one of the Avengers. Um, You've seen the most recent stuff and some of the shows. Yeah. The most recent Avengers, both of them. Yeah, and oh man, we should have a whole podcast on one person because I love that one too. But so for me to say this is my favorite, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a lot of um a lot of stuff to go on because like I said, I haven't seen all of them. But it was, it was absolutely my favorite. And I'll tell you why. I finally felt like I cared about the characters even a little bit. Like, I do not care that Captain America was frozen. Like, are you kidding me? Like, is that, I mean, yes, that's sad. Like, for him that he missed out on life. But, like, blatantly not reality. Okay. And then Tony Stark's a little brat. And, like, you go to like him. And spoiler alert, you know, bummer that he dies. Okay, more you than a bummer. You were pretty emotional. Uh, no, more than a bummer. Yes. It was actually very sad. Although circling back to Captain America, I was actually like sobbing when he, you know, then we see that he went back in time and finally got to live his life because that was just like, those were happy tears though. Okay. Um, But I feel like up to this point, I knew very little about Black Widow. She's just there. None of of us knew. Part of the team. I very much so do not read comics and maybe there's, you know, does she have her own comics? I don't even know. but you actually get to know her background and it's just a devastating background absolutely devastating realistic you know probably not more realistic than being frozen in ice for a million years like um it was pretty dark like and more serious as far as yeah the stuff they had to go through and stuff but i think that they did a good job of showing that and yeah it is more of a kind of grounded movie and the um I guess the emotions come through because of that, because of those things they go through. And we're not going to like spoil too much, but we'll talk, we can talk about some of the specific things. So mostly it centers around like their, fa- their family. So Black Widow, um, her, um, what we find out to be adopted parents, and then her younger sister, who's also adopted and part of this same program that she went through. And they've all kind of gone through a lot together. And I thought that, especially early in the movie, it was kind of hard to like, I feel like they didn't really know how to like, play off of that like we weren't sure how to feel about the um father figure or whoever else but as it got further into the movie like their relationships were clear and it was like there's a lot of comedy that came out of that but also like some 
more touching moments and stuff. And they really, um, that part I thought was executed well, especially after the first, I don't know, third I of the movie. It took a while. It, it to took a while. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> to establish that they were adopted. I feel like that maybe took me longer to catch on to than. Well, and we like they go at one point, they reunite with both the parents and we're like, not sure how they feel about it exactly because it's like a lot of terrible things have happened to them and we're like feeling mostly on their side of things but then we come to understand a little bit more of everyone's side and of course we're still going to be on the side of um scarlett johansson and florence Pugh's characters but they i don't know i just they just did a good job i guess of communicating like making it seem legitimate that they would come back together again and like Mm -hmm the allies even just for that just for that one mission with the parents you know oh absolutely and there was a bit of yeah we don't need to get into the some of the twists and turns that go that happened with that because that wasn't even clear until the end either no it was not clear (laughs) (laughs) it's all clear yeah it's all clear by the end but can't say i was confused well yes i can say i was confused but um there are some funny moments though. The um, David Harbour's character, the father, the uh, what was his name? The Crimson Chin. Oh, no, grief. no. <laughs> that's that's from Fairly Odd Parents. Um, the crim- If uh, anyone gets that reference, Red Dawn, Red. No, it's the Crimson. No, let me find it. Oh, not Hulk. It's something. Something like big sounding. We're gonna figure it out. But he was funny. Um, of course, Florence Pugh was very funny. Now, she was hilarious. Unpopular opinion here. I am not a fan of Scarlett Johansson. I think a lot. I think she is. I can't think an objective thing, but objectively, I would say she is a fantastic actress. Mm-hmm. There is just something I just don't like to watch her. I find her annoying, and I guess I can't pinpoint it. And so. The main reason for me watching this movie and like Red Guardian. Red Guardian. It's the, the guy. <laughs> no, no. It's, at one point, they make a joke about that um, Crimson something, but yeah, Crimson Chin is from Fairly Odd Parents. So, yeah. So I am not sure why I don't like Scarlett Johansson, but I don't, and I'm sorry, I just don't. She's very obviously never going to listen to this, but I apologize <laughs> if you if you ever hear this. But my girl Florence. Mm-hmm. I did not even know who she was until what, like a year ago when we watched. Mids- Two years ago, yeah. Oh, was that that long ago? We no, Mids- it was last summer. It was during yeah, quarantine, yeah. Um, Midsummer, and then she was in Little Women too. Yes, is it summer? Is it summer? Because I think it might be summer. I think it's supposed to be pronounced summer, but okay. Midsummer, yeah, tattoo. Not necessarily a strong recommendation on that one, <laughs> but it was an experience. It was an experience for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so very recently introduced her, and I feel like she's just taken off, and she, and rightfully so. She is just fantastic. And her character in this one is um, both very serious, very traumatized, very much more so than Scarlet's character, than Black Widow, but um, also hilarious. She kind of maintains that younger sister um She's the younger sister of Scarlett Johansson, if that wasn't clear. She kind of maintains that younger sister, like, innocence almost, even though, like, th- mm-hmm. even though they're adults and throughout all the very, very horrible things she has gone through. 
Um, she's the main reason why I probably think this is my favorite, favorite movie. She's the best part of the movie, and she's like probably too good of an actor to be in these movies. Oh, yeah. Um, it was kind of, yeah, that's, I think, like what you talked about, like the, there's more relation to these characters and more kind of emotional um, buy-in and some of that. And I think a lot of that comes from her and her character and just her acting and everything that she was able to do in this one movie being introduced, not being the main character, being like this sidekick, you know, sister character to a character that a lot of people love already and kind of being in the shadow, but really standing out. And yeah, she manages to make you, you know, like her character a lot and buy into what she's, you know, her journey, but then also has the com- the com- comedic um, aspects of it. And also there's a few different moments where she hits those kind of deeper emotional points that um, just as an actor, like is not seen very often in <laughs> these Marvel movies. So they try, but I, it doesn't really usually hit um, to the level it does with that. So she's, yeah, she's a really great actor and, definitely up and coming. And I think it's pretty clear that she's going to be in more Marvel stuff um, mm-hmm. after this, which is good, I think, but also I'd, I'd rather see her in other stuff, I feel like, but if she's, I just hope she doesn't end up being like the next Black Widow in the sense that you're just like the eighth person down in these movies and just have like one or two scenes oh, and yeah, are in the background all the time like she needs to be in a starring role in in movies to be to, for them to make best the best use of her talents so you know if she does appear in a few movies moving forward like good for her but i just hope that she is able to continue doing some of the more um you know serious or um but it could be now do we show think... off her acting just more in the future as well do we think that We've kind of talked about this, but do we think that, I mean, she could have a main role potentially as a villain. Now, I don't know that I foresee that happening. For like a but minute and then she'll turn good. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Or maybe, I don't know what else planned for movies beyond like the next year or so. So I don't know exactly where she'll show up next. Maybe it'll be in a, one of these TV shows. Maybe it'll be in a movie. If she had her own TV show, mm-hmm. I don't know how they do that yet because we don't know her that well. I think they could totally do that. But I would, oh man, now then that would be my new favorite TV show. <laughs> That's how much I love her. Yeah, well, if you can't tell, this is a very pro um, Florence Pugh podcast. Um, the one other thing I'll say is the one kind of, the biggest thing that stood out to me like negatively with the movie was I just don't see why they didn't make this movie and put it out like five years ago when it was taking place in the time, in the timeline (laughs) of the show. You know what I mean? Because like when I, when they first said they're making a black widow movie, I thought that it would be, and it was going to be a, like her story from before. I thought it would be like before any of the Avengers stuff or any of the Marvel stuff. Like when she was young. Yeah. Yeah. Five minutes. But then the rest of it happens. Um, in between several of the Marvel movies, like right in the middle, basically five years ago, when they could have easily made this movie then and it would have filled in a lot more there, would have given her more, um, you know, us more of an understanding of her story moving forward before she, spoiler alert, dies. Um, but instead they go back now um, and do it. And it was just hard to kind of remember like where everything is in the timeline because it's fitting between these two movies and just... I just don't see any good reason why it wasn't 
put out five years ago when it would have fit in. Other than it was probably better. an afterthought. She's the female character right. who really didn't have a big role. And I'm assuming, you know, then she dies. And now we suddenly care about her because she's dead. Yeah, because I think they were just like, oh, we should have done this at some point all along, but this is our last chance because now now her character is dead. So Well, and I can't be mad because five years ago, Florence wouldn't have been that second role, most likely. Good point. Yep, okay, I take it back. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been like Jennifer Lawrence or something. So (laughs) Heaven help us. (laughs) Also, on second unpopular opinion, I don't – okay, I like her more than Scarlet, but I can't say I'm a huge fan. I love Hunger Games, but sorry, Jennifer. Well – We'll have a recurring segment where I'll just pull up a few actress names or actor names and you can just say, say yes or no. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love that. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to do that eventually. Good. Um, any other, any final thoughts on Black Widow? No, I would just highly recommend seeing it. I thought it was fantastic. I have very little negative things to say about it, but I also like most movies. So I'd put it like above average for a Marvel movie. Like, Probably on the, right on the edge of like top 10, right in that range. Oh gosh, to... How many movies are there? Is there more than 10? <laughs> there's like 25. <laughs> what? I think there's like 22 or 23 so far, and then there's more coming out this year. Okay, so, so at the beginning when I said I haven't probably even seen most of them, I 100% have not seen most of them if there's 25. You've seen the best ones. You've seen Black, Wood, Black Panther, and you've seen... Um, I would say Black Panther is still better than Black Panther. Or Ragnarok. Panther. You've seen the newest Avenger ones. Yeah. So. Okay. The ones that are coming out later this year are going to be way different. Like they don't have anyone in it that's been in it before. Yeah, I'm nervous about that. Did I, I show you the one that has like Jon Snow is in it and, what? Um, and Rob Stark both? Okay, well, both I love actors. both of them. Yeah. So what in the world? And Angelina Jolie. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. It's called Eternals. I'm indifferent toward her. They're like all like alien, like. Oh, so it's not even like the eternal. Same. Like I think they've been alive for like thousands of years. I have never heard of this, this until right weird. now. There's only been a tra- one trailer. Huh. Um, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, it's. I don't know what's happening now, but Spider-Man will also be this year, so that'll be nice. You like Zendaya? I love Zendaya. <laughs> she is my like my favorite actress. Actually, she tops Florence. She's just so talented. She can sing, she can uh, dance, she can act. She's in The Greatest Showman, which is my favorite movie. Um, and I love Tom no Holland, comment. too. And apparently, they are I mean, we all knew, but I guess they're like out dating now, publicly. We did not all know. What? I feel like we kind of mostly knew throughout the years. If you didn't, I don't know where you've been. I guess you don't follow her Instagram. Good for Tom. All right. Black Widow, highly recommended by Kirsten. I would agree. Definitely a good, definitely a good watch. Um, worth seeing as a Marvel movie. And it's also like less, if you haven't seen, the good thing, like you said, if you haven't seen all the Marvel movies, you can still watch it and like oh, follow yeah. along. It's not as like connected to all the other ones. Like You don't have, have to know anything about Marvel to watch this not one. Not really. The only thing you have to know is that Scarlett Johansson and honestly, this, I didn't see that that's the Avengers I didn't see, or I don't remember at least. Whenever the King of Wakanda dies, they're like all on the run now. Right before Civil War, yeah. right before this one. So that's all you need to know. Like, well, you don't even need to know that. You can just jump right in mm-hmm. and know that she's on the run from someone. And that's all you need to know. Yep. 
Well, that's the only that's the only thing they allude to from any other Avenger thing. All right, first of many movie reviews from Kirsten. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right, now um, let's get to my conversation with Josh Edmonds talking about Belize. All right, I'm here with former missionary to Belize in Belize, Josh Edmonds, also best friends with Chris Paul. Uh, grew up in. <laughs> Josh, tell us about how you know Chris Paul. Uh, I grew up in Winston-Salem. I'm in Winston-Salem now. Everybody, Everybody's pulling for the sun, sons and four. But Chris's brother and I played basketball together. And Chris came into our basketball team when I was a senior. And he was in eighth grade, and he cooked us. He was, he, he was nasty then. He was just tiny. Then all of a sudden, he grew, and he was better than everybody else. Yeah, and how does it feel that he's like the the resident old man of the NBA, but he was in eighth grade when you were a senior in high school? I, I've already re, uh, resigned myself yeah. to the fact that I am only as old as I feel. So I feel pretty young, but my kids tell me I'm old. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, exciting for him. That's and that's I remember that you said that you had seen him play or or whatever it was. So that's cool. I didn't um, make that connection until you told me about that. So. Um, speaking of basketball, and we're going to share just a few different memories from your time in Belize. Um, if you want to tell us about kind of what your, you know, how you lived in Belize for a couple of years and what that looked like. And then specifically, I know you've got some basketball stories from Belize from playing in the streets out there. So I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, my wife and I, we began to travel to Belize right after we got married and then through, a number of different trips felt like we were called to move to Belize and and did that uh, with a missions organization and lived in Belize for three years from 2012 to 2015 and lived in a village called Hattieville and um, my pastor at the time one of your maybe former podcast guests uh, first podcast guest yeah he he played a lot of basketball and got me invited to to the basketball court in the middle of the village that we were living in and 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 i wanted to really fit in with the locals and and learn the language so you know josiah they speak uh, creole in belize a bit of a broken english Mm -hmm. and and basketball became pretty popular they ran a league one summer when i was there and i was playing on this league team they'd have a a DJ out there, some guy on the microphone. It almost reminded me of uh, like the and one mixtape tour yeah. where some guy was on the court screaming at us the whole time. Uh, but uh, I noticed they were saying this word and they were Ross, Ross. They'd miss a shot and say Ross and they'd somebody drop the ball or a turnover and they'd say this word. So I thought, all right, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to fit in with the locals. So I, I had a layup or something and it, it I, I fumbled it, went out of bounds, turnover on me, and I just yell out, Ross. And it's like everybody in the stands that was having side conversations, they just stopped. Like, like it, I felt like I was in slow motion, that, that the time had stopped around me and and they all looked at me. So I get I get called over to center court by the guy with the microphone and then the two the team and my team and the other team, and they called me church boy. And they said, Church boy. I said, you don't say that. I said, all right, I got it. And I mean, to this to this day, I, I asked some of our Belizean friends what that meant, and they wouldn't tell me. So 
I just, uh, apparently it was a swear word and that was no good from a church boy. Yeah, I've, I've definitely heard it. Um, and maybe I was only listening after I heard this story from you, but, um, yeah, we don't need to speculate on the exact translation of that, but <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's, you gotta, you gotta learn by experience, right. Or by trying a little too hard. So that's good, but, <laughs> oh, for um, sure. So yeah, Josh and I overlapped for a few years as, as far as, um, as he mentioned, he lived in Belize till 2015 and then continued serving there for a few years after that. My first year to Belize was 2015. So Josh was my first couple trips were with Josh um, and he helped guide me and um, show me around. And so we have a few um, unique mutual experiences that we came across through those, yeah. especially that year of 2015. Um, was it, I think it was that March trip um, and we don't need to give names or anything, but when the, um, there was a bit of a internet or not an international, but a national, um, incident and, um, supply shortage. Um, I believe it was that March trip. Um, so do you want to tell us what happened there? Yeah. So I, I, I was, it was your uh, springtime trip and we mm -hmm. had, uh, it was a busy week for mm -hmm. the country of Belize. We had really multiple trips happening all over the country. And, and you and I were serving with a, a particularly, it was a, a little bit of a complex trip, about three yes. or four different ministry partners, several different buses. And we probably had four or five different trips happening all over the country. And, and we took our buses to go get filled up. And somebody called me from another part of the country and said, there's no, there's no diesel and there's no gas is what they were saying. They couldn't fill up their bus. And I was thinking, well, just go to another gas station. Yeah. <laughs> That's not uncommon. Like, yep, gas stations could run out of gas. Maybe the truck hadn't gotten there. And they said, no, there's no gas in, in this area of the country that we're in. And I said, all right, well, go back and talk to your bus driver and you tell me what they're saying. So the word comes down that there's no gas in all the country, uh, that, that the entire country of Belize is out of diesel. And now uh, I'm thinking I'm responsible for this. Uh, I know that the buses that we have probably have a quarter of a tank left. We need to get from where we are to- We're on the, the far Western border of Belize. <laughs> we need to get like to the far people. Eastern border. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I just start, I think I call you and some of our other leaders and just say, hey, we're going to limit our bus travel. We're going to walk to where we can, and I'm going to go find us some gas. Eventually, I through some, uh, just talking to our local connections, found this gas station. And I, and I stood there and I said, hey, man, you have gas. I need it. I have, I think we had four buses or something like that. And I said, hey, we, I have this many buses and I need to pay for them to get gas right now. And the individual at the gas station that worked there, he said, I, I can't do that. It's already committed to somewhere else. And, and I told him, I've got money right now. And I just started digging in my fanny pack and started pulling out, you know, Belize cold hard cash and said, is this enough? Is this enough? Is this enough? Eventually we got to the point where it was enough and we got gas and we got to where we needed to be. And I don't know how all the other groups that were all over the country got gas, but everything seemed to work out. They turned back on the gas pipes and, we were good to go. 
Yeah, that was wild. I don't know if even since I don't think I've heard of that happening there. Sometimes they'll be like, oh, we're out of either the premium or the regular or, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that or limited. But that felt like it was like <laughs> crisis time. But I don't remember if it, if it was just that week. I'm sure we had trips the following week, too. So I don't know if it was just a day or two. Um, yeah, or got it, resolved. Was, it was just bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. And as I think about a lot of different um kind of wild experiences that I've had or um, moments of crisis and stuff. Most of them are vehicle related um, or bus related. <laughs> so the other one I have from that following summer was um, another, probably the busiest week of the summer. It was like the last week of June. We probably had like six or eight teams in the country that week. And it was, um, you know, for those that don't know kind of how our trips work, everyone kind of goes, um, their different ways for the week and then all the teams come together and go out to the to the island to the recreation place together on the same day but my trip was a day longer so we were going out the following day um, and so while all the teams are out on the on the island my team is having their last day working with the church and we're um, we're working with the church in a pretty remote village and we are staying at a hotel that's about 30 minutes away and it's 30 minutes on like the windiest and hilliest and darkest road <laughs> highway in Belize, right? So that night it is like a tropical storm is hitting like, and I remember talking to our staff that were out on the island and stuff. And they're like, we've never seen it like this. Like we didn't think we'd be able to come back everything else. So we're in the village um, and I have some, um, some team members that have gotten sick. Um, and so I take my vehicle, my staff vehicle and bring them back to the hotel and um, knowing that our bus is going to come with the rest of the team after they finish up their church service and finish up and everything else. So um, I get back to the hotel. I'm like kind of waiting for them or whatever. And then I get a call from one of our staff members who says the bus driver is sick. He can't drive. Like he's, he's out, like he can't hardly move. Um, and at, at this point it's storming already and it's dark. It's probably like almost 10 o'clock. And um, our great friend Delwyn is, uh, is in the village. Um, and I said, you got to find someone that can drive the bus, like go start knocking on doors, ask the pastor if he knows someone that can drive a bus. So he's just running around this village, seeing if anyone can drive this bus for these, um, for these Americans to get back to their hotel in the middle of the storm through the, through the mountains, basically. Um, and eventually he does find someone um, and he drives the bus back and they all get to the hotel. And then of course I need to drive the bus driver back to the village, to his home, um, because we have to leave the bus at the, at the hotel. So then late that night, I, I have to drive all the way back with him, um, drop him off, but we really appreciated his, um, service. And I don't know, I still don't know how Delwyn found him, but he did and, and they made it home safe. So that was a, that was another wild one. Oh man, there was, uh, there was a time I, I had a, I had a team on a bus. Uh, and we were going to a recreation site in the country. And we had, was, it was cave tubing. Belize has a home of like large uh, underwater tunnels, essentially through these large limestone caves. I'm talking maybe 25 feet wide, 20 feet tall, miles long. It's a nice, relaxing opportunity for our teams. And we had gone and, and driven back there into this cave uh, cave area, and, and we were coming back after a long day of, of tubing and ate a nice lunch, and everybody's pretty tired. And we saw somebody that needed to ride up to the, to the main highway where we were going to then head on back to our lodging facility. 
this individual uh, sat on the on the engine part of the bus. So right there inside, there's a little hump right there beside the driver. The individual sat down there and we were giving her a ride and she began to act a little bit jittery. And I was kind of confused, like, what, are you okay? She's uncomfortable in her seat. And it's just not typical to see a Belizean uh, person do that. And, and then I began to smell this kind of burnt, plastic smell or burnt rubber and then she began to get vocal like oh oh and and our our, our bus had uh it she felt like she was burning her bottom and, and and we stopped the bus we popped open that hatch and smoke just poured in the bus there was a guy that that was looking for he was kind of testing out some employment with with uh, the missions organization we were with and he said, everybody get out. The bus is going to blow. <laughs> so I, I thought to myself, maybe he's just not cut out for this. Uh, but we, we, we all get off the bus and uh, the, the bus driver, one of our friends, uh, looks at everything. He says, well, I think it's okay. I don't know what happened. We kind of decided we'll, we'll go ahead and get back on the bus. So everybody gets back on the bus. There wasn't a fire. It was just smoke. Uh, it we continue on and we continue on a little bit further and the woman sits back down in her seat and then she does the same thing, same jitteriness, same uh, vocal uh, displeasure, uh, eventually gets up, grabs her bottom and says, uh, this is not right. Gets off the bus. She heads home. We have popped the hatch again. The bus is now smoking again. This is the second time. Uh, eventually, we, we all get back on the bus. We do this a third time. Our bus has now caught fire. Um, it's minor. Fire goes out. It's some something was loose. We had to call in yet another bus driver. So similar to the story uh, down in the remote part of uh, Belize that you were doing. Called in another bus driver to take our group back to wherever they needed to go. Then I had to stay with the bus and our bus driver and towed our bus with another bus to the mechanic shop <laughs> to, to figure out what was going on. Eventually, everything worked out well, like it almost always did. But just you never know what you're going to get with transportation sometimes. Well, it's almost good that you did pick her up, though, because she was like the the sensor of what was going wrong before <laughs> before you smelled anything. You already knew that she was sensing that. So exactly. Um, well, speaking of recreation, I know that you have a couple stories for some that you can share and some that you probably can't share about um, our recreation time out on the island um, and specifically staying in the in one of the hotels out there. So um, remind me of what some of your experiences out there have been, or one in particular. So there was, there was actually a week where I had the opportunity to lead a trip for the entirety of our week was at a recreation site. And it was a team that uh, desired to partner there. And, and I had, a, I, I had uh, chosen the staff to be with this team because they had a relationship with the pastor. And one staff in particular, uh, Paula, she was a bit of a, uh, a, a trickster. She wanted to, to, she enjoyed pulling pranks. So I was lodging with this other staff member, uh, and he and I were sharing this one room, and we get a call, or we get a knock on our door late at night, and I'm asleep. It's 11.30 or 12, and uh, Paula says, I need, I need the first aid kit. And I said, uh, well, it's right here. 
there it is. Take the first aid kit, take whatever you need and then go. Paula says, well, I also need to use your restroom. Like, I don't know why you need to use my restroom. You have a restroom, but go ahead. And Paula uses our restroom. I'm again, I'm asleep. I just am back asleep, whatever. About two in the morning, this other staff member gets up and we hear what sounds like forks scratching on plates uh, in, in our bathroom. And it's, it's a very distinct noise. It's like nails on the chalkboard kind of thing. And, and I think that's really weird. What is happening here? And the staff member gets up and he uses the bathroom and I hear him scream like, oh no. <laughs> and that woke me up. And he slams the bathroom door like as hard as he could. And he said, there's a crab in there. I said, like, whatever, go back to sleep. So I go back to sleep. He goes back to sleep. Again, I hear the forks and knives scratching. What is somebody is messing with our outside door? What is happening here? And I wake up and I go and get coffee at, at this place. And, and I come back with my coffee and I, I go to the restroom. And I go inside of our restroom at our hotel, in our hotel room, and there's a crab that I promise you, Josiah, I could have saddled and ridden <laughs> around the island. It is humongous. If the, if the chompers would have, if those, if the claw would have chomped on me, it would have taken off a finger, a toe, maybe even a hand. It was enormous. So I think about, all right, I can't do anything about this. Uh, I, the reason I see him is, He's crawling almost up the side of the tile shower. And I scream and I jump out of the hotel and I go back downstairs and I ask the staff at the hotel, guys, can you give me a broom and a bucket? So I get this broom and bucket, go back to my bathroom, and now I'm trying to corner the crab. And I mean, don't underestimate the athleticism of a crab. They can move. They he can move. He's got Every side direction. to side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. It's, it's frustrating. <laughs> like a three cone. Yeah. <laughs> so I get him, I get him in the bucket, eventually whop him with the broom on his head and then toss him over the balcony. And that was the end of, of that crab. But yeah, you, you just, apparently that night Paula had gone out, saw the crab, put it inside of a book bag, brought it to our room to dump it in the uh, bathroom. Just that's so we can see it in the morning. Yeah, that's the real side of the story I want to see is how did she possibly even capture that thing and and move with and you know transport it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How did the crab not cut itself out of the bag? Did they did they tape its claws shut and then cut them open prior yeah. to the, it getting in my room? All kinds of questions. Yeah, that was a you see a lot of crabs out there. I've never seen one that big, I don't think, but or at least as, as big as the story says. Well, it's like fishing stories, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the crab kind of gets bigger with age. Yeah. I have a surprise for you I need to show you. So there is a specific piece of um, technology that got me through my first probably four years of um, service in Belize. Um, and that would be the Huawei <laughs> cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> which is a, um, people can't see this, but it's one of those little brick phones. Um, can you hear that? Can you hear the clicking? Yeah. 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 So this, I would use this, I used for my cell phone in Belize for, I think at least four years. Um, and just never felt the need to upgrade because a few reasons, one is indestructible. 
Um, two, it's extremely loud, um, the ringer. And I would never miss a call because of that. Um, the only downside is the was the texting um, because as you can hear, it's the the old um, hit the button four times to get whatever num whatever letter you want. So I didn't text on it much, but it was a, a very reliable piece of technology for me, um, the Huawei, and I still keep it with me where I go because just of all the all the times we had together. Um, thought I've lost it a few times, but it always came back to me. So I always appreciate the thing that. about the Huawei. The thing about that phone is that you could charge it on Saturday. Oh yeah, that and, too. Yep. And you did not need to charge it until the next week. Mm -hmm. Maybe once a week you'd have to charge it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it would light up. It would yeah. light up and ring. Yeah. <laughs> so did, if I was sleeping, I didn't miss a call. Did we ever pass down to you the um, staff snack bag? Oh, change that that we would. Uh, there's a, I have a, a bag of change. Was... <laughs> I don't think it's that one. I think it's my own one. I remember you did pass down to me like every piece of cash that PPM had for <laughs> one week in the summer, you and Denny, but that was a, that was all right. Oh, that was good. No, I, mm -hmm. I, I remember we had that staff bag of change that we would just pass down from person to person and make someone like you. All right. Now you got to account for it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, no change machines in Belize. If I if I ever find one, I'm going to be a rich man. But um, still, don't have one. Or even and, just the ability to roll the the actual mm -hmm. change up at like rolled quarters or pennies or anything. Yep. <laughs> yep, it would add like five pounds to my luggage if I try to bring it with me. Let me ask you this: Did you, in your time living in Belize, did you ever attend a movie at the Princess Movie Theater? Oh, great question. I think I did not attend a movie at the Princess mm -hmm. Movie Theater. So I've been to I a few. I want to say that yeah. one of my kids did, but yeah. I, I don't know that I did. It is a, it is a unique experience um, attending a movie in Belize. Um, a few reasons. So okay. first of all, and this is probably part of the reason you never were able to, were able to is um, if you go there, there's like a 50% a fifty chance that the either the projector won't be working or it's going to, the whole thing's going to be closed for some reason. Um, and I mean that 50%, like I probably have been to three movies there and there's probably at least three other times when I've tried to go to a movie there and we like either sit there for 30 minutes and it never plays or we get there and find out that it's closed, the auditorium's closed for that night, whatever it may be. So, um, but if you do get it on the right night when it's open and there's a movie playing, um, they have two screens both are um, probably about like 30 feet wide by like 12 feet tall. So they're very wide and um, <laughs> small. Like it's not the right ratio, not the right aspect ratio. Um, and they're all in 3D. So you get your glasses um, and even movies <laughs> that like aren't really probably meant to be in 3D are in 3D. Um, and an interesting part of at least I'm trying to remember all the movies I've seen that there but at least two of them, um, I think one was a, a Tarzan movie and another one was um, like a Marvel movie, both of that featured um, Samuel L. Jackson, who is an absolute hit in Belize. Every time he comes on the screen, the crowd would go wild for Samuel L. Jackson. Every line he said, whether it's funny or not, it was it would get a big, a big uproar. So not the it's a unique experience. And if you're going to see a movie that you like really want to be able to see and like understand what's going on and like appreciate the movie on its own, 
probably not probably not something I'd recommend. But if you're just going for for a good time and for a unique experience, that was always always a fun one for me. The one other thing is, if you do go and for whatever reason the projector is not working or whatever else, the good news is you can go and pick up that exact movie off the street for like five Belize dollars and watch it in the comfort of whoever's home you want to go to. So, um, so that's, a, that's another reason why the movie theater maybe hasn't really taken off in Belize as it, as it should. I believe it's closed again right now for an undetermined <laughs> amount of time, but some good memories there yeah. for sure. The only movies, uh, that's what I was going to say. The only movies I remember watching were the ones where we would stop by whatever the place was mm-hmm. and for, yeah, for 10, for 10 us dollars, get 15 movies or, or something. And maybe four of them would work. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, but, but, but it just was what it was. You could get, yeah, you can get movies, you can get CDs, you could get, I don't know what else, but there's always a, a market for that kind of stuff. Um, any other main stories that you had in mind or were hoping to, to uh, share with us today? Trying to think what else there is. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Not, not that I, uh, not for this episode, sure. we'll say. Yeah. There's some, there's some different uh, tone and tenor stories mm-hmm. that we could share at some point. There will uh, be a tell all be... someday. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe um, if I ever write yeah. my book, then, mm-hmm. then we can include it there. Good. Yeah. You can come on and promote for sure. Um, well, let me tell you that I haven't told you this, this was from like um, just a couple of years ago. So I was in one of the cool things about anytime you're, you know, traveling or on an, you know, an adventure, especially in Belize or another place like that is just never knowing kind of where you're going to end up. If you have a, whether it's a day off or you're, you know, visiting friends or whatever, you know, the random things that will come up that you'll get to be, be a part of or see. Um, so I was in Belize um, in November of 2019 with um, a couple of my friends, um, just doing a um, kind of a friend's um, weekend in Belize, that sort of thing. And we were going to visit Pastor Mark um, that night, right? And we're, um, we'd planned on going over there for dinner because he always, you know, cooks for us. And you know how enjoyable a night like that can be with, you know, Pastor Mark cooking a box of wine, some cards, all that kind of stuff. So, um, <laughs> but we're, we had planned on going there that night and we were calling him to say we're, you know, we're on our way or whatever. And for whatever reason, we weren't getting a hold of him. And that's, you know, pretty abnormal for him. He's usually very reachable and everything else. So, um, so we're kind of waiting and our time has passed when we're supposed to be there. Um, and we're trying to figure out like where they're at. Um, so somehow we find out, um, it wasn't from him directly, but I don't know if it was his son or someone else, but we're like, oh, they're in Belize city at, um, Pastor Mark's youngest son, Shadrach, who, you know, um, he was playing in a, in their local district. Um, actually, no, it was the national, um, volleyball tournament and in the championship match at the big, um, you know, civic center there in Belize city. Mm-hmm. So we were like, okay, we'll, we'll go over there and see what's going on. So we like pull up, um, and walk in and it's like the championship match is going, um, Shadrach who has sprouted over the years. Um, I should send you a picture mm-hmm. of how tall he is now, but, um, he's like dominating their team is, is winning and they end up winning the championship. And we're like, they're watching and just cheering them on and stuff. And of course, Pastor Mark and his wife and them are so, are so proud of them and they're taking pictures on the, on the court and everything else. And um, then eventually we, you know, we got dinner and went over to their house, but 
just random moments like that, being able to just be a part of that and see <laughs> something so unex like um, not unexpected, but just random um, cool moments like that to be a part of. And that was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, congrats to them again for their, for their championship. I wonder if they make championship rings in Belize. Yeah. You think, you think <laughs> there was a big Jadrag trophy. Got... <laughs> and they were all, you know how people get, uh, especially in Belize with anything um, eventful and celebratory. It's a very, um, they make the most of it. So that was, so that's always fun to see too. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I was just, uh, I was thinking about, you mentioned one of your first trips in that March. I remember one of my first trips uh, that, <clears throat> Did I ever tell you the story about how I had to take, I did tear up a check in front of somebody before? I, I don't remember I, it. I, uh, we had we had stayed in a in a school in northern Belize, and uh, for the whole week, and I was serving with a local pastor, and the and the local pastor, Pastor Ed. He said, "Well, did you? We we took this check to pay for the lodging for the week." And when I gave the check to the individual for the lodging, the principal of the school was ecstatic, visibly almost in tears, moved with emotion about the generosity of the organization. Just, just tickled that like it was gonna it was gonna change. It changed her life. And I got back in the car with Pastor Ed, and Pastor Ed said, "Josh, that 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 was odd. What what happened?" He said, how much was the check for? And I said, oh, it was for whatever the amount was. And I had ended up, instead of paying the per diem for the week, I multiplied it by the number of days that we stayed there. So it was five times too much. I said, that's not right. I had to call another staff member and verify it with them. It was my first trip ever uh, leading. And they said, yes, that's wrong. I said, what do, like, what do I do? This has changed this person's life. Uh, and, and they said, go get the check, tear it up in front of her, <laughs> and then give her the actual check. So I did that. Uh, and then about three years later, uh, somebody from, from the States had uh, wanted to give a donation to the same school for a playground. And I get to go and deliver that donation to the same principal, same school. And she remembered and she said, uh, are you going to tear this one up too in front of me? I said, no, ma'am. And gave her the check. This is all legit and it's fine. If you'd prefer cash, I'll go cash it and give it to you. And then she brought me back for the um, uh, inauguration ceremony or the, the, the cutting the ribbons of the new playground and then referenced the same story again. In front of everyone? In front of everyone. Yes. Like, all the people of the town and Pastor Ed was there. It was great. It's a story that I cannot get away from. Mistakes, yeah. they, <laughs> they happen. Sometimes people don't forget. So <laughs> that's good. Well, it's, um, yeah, it's fun to be able to, to share about some of these, you know, experiences that we've had. It's always an adventure for sure. Um, traveling and serving and all that goes along with that. I'll just share briefly about how um, last year in March of 2020, I was, um, leading a trip the first week of March. Um, I believe it started like the sixth or so. Um, and for those that know, remember dates of significant 
events from March of 2020, you'll know how the, uh, um, just a lot changed from the beginning of that week to the end. Um, as I think it was Wednesday of that week, I'm like, um, we've already, you know, people are starting talking more about COVID and everything else. And then I'm looking at like Twitter and I see, oh, the NBA has uh, postponed the, or suspended the season. That might be a big deal. And then by like 48 hours later, I am like literally on a plane going back home earlier than I had planned because everything has now shut down and just how um, it was just bizarre how much stuff had changed um, within a week uh, being in Belize and going back and just things not being the same. So, um, but would never, definitely wouldn't regret being spending that week in Belize and any week in Belize that I get to. So, um, so that was a, that was a wild one. I can't imagine you checking, checking Twitter, seeing the, the NBA shut down, the ACC tournament stop, mm -hmm. uh, NCAA tournament postponed, and then the the frantic calls, knowing, being on the side of leadership and yeah. knowing the calls that are happening, like, how are we getting everybody home? What do we do? Yeah, luckily the trip ended up um, working out, like, so they flew home on the same same flight, same day and everything. Um, I had to leave earlier because I was going to be there for, a for the following week. Um, but it was funny cause yeah, like we get out to the Island for the rec day and stuff and everyone's like, um, starting to hear back from home. It was like a high school group and they're like, Hey, we get two weeks off of school when we get home. Cause we all have to quarantine now because we've been, <laughs> um, traveling internationally or whatever else. So, um, yeah, crazy times we were living through and, um, but yeah, it was good to, good to be with our Belizeans for that, for that weekend. Good to be, um spending time with them again. And yeah, you just know how, um, you know, not to turn this into any sort of a sales pitch or anything like that, but just how impactful it is to have um, relationships with people from a different country and be able to maintain those through the years and just be able to legitimately talk about um, having good friends that are from a different place and um, stay connected with them through, you know, phone calls and video calls and all that kind of stuff, as well as, as visiting a person. It's a great um, opportunity that we have in this day and age to, um, to connect with people throughout the world. And it's something I'm definitely very thankful for. Definitely. I, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have friends all over, not just Belize, but really I had the opportunity to travel all over Central America. And so friends all over there, it's, uh, I, it gives you a very unique worldview and begin to see things through some different eyes, which help um, project or color the way that we live our lives now in the States and uh, mm -hmm. I'm looking to get back to Belize soon. Yeah. Let me ask you this, not to turn this into like a serious thing, but so you were, yeah. So my first trip to Belize was led by you. Um, and I got to meet, um, you know, our good friend Eustace on that trip and others. And obviously it ended up being a big impactful thing for me in the sense that, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but Belize would become a big part of my life over the last, um, six plus years now. Um, and so you were working with a group of a group, a church group, as well as like about 10 of us um, interns. Mm -hmm. So what did you have any impressions of me specifically from that trip? Um, you know, we found out that we'd be working together as far as me coming to Belize. I remember when I first got to Belize, you picked me and my friend or our friend Trent up. Um, and we first, for one thing, we had the wrong shirts on. We had the shirts from the year before because no one told us which shirts were supposed to wear. Um, and we went, um, you asked me about my, cause I had a North Carolina, um, backpack. So you asked me about that cause you're from North Carolina, mm -hmm. but not a Tar Heel fan. Um, and then I remember also we went to, we went straight to Eustace's house to have lunch and wait for the rest of the team. 
and there was a um some kind of snake i don't know if it was like a cobra or what but in the road that was dead and like um eustace's son and and their um, cousins and stuff were all playing with it in the road i have very vivid memories of that uh, <laughs> couple of hours that we spent there and how um how that would become such an important place um for me which is which is just cool yeah i remember that that trip and i remember thinking to myself uh, I really gave you and Trent, ironic now, probably, you know, two, two of my better friends from that group of 10, uh, but gave you and Trent the worst assignments. Yeah. Hey guys, I need, <laughs> I need fence. you to, yeah, I need you to, to paint the windows or sweep out the church or whatever. Meanwhile, I'm going to go 45 minutes up the road to essentially an oasis of hospitality <laughs> and the best food imaginable. And you didn't let us go there uh, to the last day, so we didn't know what we were missing. Yeah, ex exactly. Hey, you guys keep serving, and I, I'm pretty sure I told leadership at the time, "Hey, if if they made it through this week, then they probably have a puncher's chance of mm -hmm. uh, of succeeding." So I remember we had to leave the church service um, to go and pick up a bunch of lumber um, from someone's house um, to like yep. stack it in the bus. Uh, so we spent like an hour moving lumber. Um, yeah, but it was a great weekend. Um, what else was I going to say? Um, I don't remember now, but. Hey, the best part about that week was probably eating barbecue at Eustace's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shoot, we, I was going to say something, but I don't remember now. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Before I went to Belize and lived there, I used to reference everything in terms, uh, financially, in terms of, at the time, junior bacon cheeseburgers from Wendy's, mm -hmm. and they would be a dollar, 99 cents. Apparently now, times have changed, and there's not a 99 cent menu at Wendy's anymore, alas. But I would say, all right, this is five JBCs. Mm -hmm. And after moving to Belize, I would just reference everything in terms of how many plates of Eustace's barbecue yeah. it is. So if I get this shirt, it's four Eustace's barbecues. Is it, is it worth is it, it worth, or do yeah. I want, or do I want to go get barbecue today? Yeah, definitely. The, um, the food is what keeps you coming back among other things, but, um, that's the good stuff for sure. That's what my kids, uh, on their birthdays, they request that uh, my wife, Amy makes Belize food, mm -hmm. fry jacks or flour tortillas. We just had panades the other night. We keep nice. it going in our house until we can get everybody there again. Nice. Good. Good. Well, it's, yeah, it's always fun to talk Belize stuff and good to see you as well. Um, yeah. Appreciate you sharing some of your, some of your memories. And I know it was a, a great time um, to be, to be out traveling, to be out serving and yeah. Appreciate you coming on. Not just I, 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 thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. Look forward. Let's do it again. Maybe mm -hmm. uh, we'll do it. Eat, eating some Eustace's barbecue next time. Yeah. We'll have him come on too. That would be, there's some stories. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah. Good. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you.